The following is an Elite Exteriors podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Slingin' Roost 101. I am Jordan, your host as always, and today we got joining us our general manager from Elite Exteriors, Brian, as well as our newest addition to the team, Hunter. What's up, fellas? How's it going today? What's going on, Jordan? Not much, man. I'm excited for you both to be here today. We're going to kind of talk about what it's like getting into your career in roofing sales. You know, um, I started in January. Um, Brian, you started back in 2020 when this company was formed, and Hunter, you know, this is your first week on the job. Yes, sir. Uh, but let's just go ahead and hear your take on your experience thus far of what you've seen. Oh, I love it, man. Uh, I know originally I talked with Dustin about starting and uh, ended up getting laid off from my other job. So called him up the day of and I was like yeah, always a good it. opportunity to start when you yeah. when you need some work I mean and, and that kind of um, you know leads in like anyone that is getting into it right away you need to expect first and foremost that it's going to take a minute for you to start getting paid oh, this absolutely. is a commission based only job so you know the, the typical um, business model is some kind of like 10 50 50 or 15 60 40 or whatever the split may be. Uh, for those of you out there that don't understand what that is, if it's 50-50, that's the way we do it at Elite Exteriors. Whatever the final um, amount of the project is, you take 10% off the top, um, the cost of the material, labor, everything involved with the project, and then whatever the remaining profit is, you split 50-50 with the, uh, with the company. That first 10% goes towards overhead and other, other things, of course, uh, involved with the company itself. But. Um, when you're when you're getting started and everything there's some things that you're going to need obviously you know so hunter i don't know how much of this stuff you have already but obviously you're going to need a vehicle preferably something with a truck or roof rack you know so you can put a ladder on it something like that or big enough trunk to fit a ladder. big enough truck yeah <laughs> if, you, if you fold it up um, i like to have at least a 22 footer though uh, i feel like that can get me generally on most most roofs now i know there are people out there that do things a little bit different too with drones and whatnot you know in my experience i like to actually see the damage that i'm looking at you know Absolutely. things like that and get get those close-up shots and everything for the homeowners um but you know continuing on that things that you're going to need you're going to need a good pair of boots obviously if you're getting on the actual roof itself uh we, we prefer cougar paws um i don't remember how much those are though brian do you recall I think they're around uh, 180 bucks somewhere in there. That I was going to say like, 280. I was going okay 280. 280. I was going to say yeah. something in the twos. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so but it's probably 280. Highly worth it uh, if you're new to the industry. You haven't um, uh, go ahead and Google Cougar Ponds. They got a few different options. Uh, what it is essentially is you get to save your boot because you have Velcro pads on the bottoms that you can switch in and out when they get worn out. That's one of the greatest things I think about it because, you know, I don't need a new pair of boots. Just go buy a $20 pair of pads. Yeah, for the most part, whenever yeah. boots go out, it's the soles that you're right, right. And these are damaged to. And these are built well. I like them. Um, you're going to need to stay organized, you know, having a notebook or a binder or something like that. Keep track of things. Um, it, whatever company you're working with should also be utilizing some kind of program. Like, you know, we use AccuLinks. I think that's probably one of the more popular ones out there. But that should help you keep track of all your leads and you know as you as you go through the process you know so um, we'll get to the process just in a minute too um, but outside of that little things like um, a ladder obviously chalk you don't have chalk you know or uh, 
what is it? Soapstone. Soapstone, yeah. Um, some some people like to use soapstone because they it's it's not as chalky. It's not as messy. Yeah, yeah and it, and it will last longer. I I like chalk because I feel like it shows up better on soft metals. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, soapstone is uh, it, it's a great thing to have. You can even you know put it in your mouth and you know if you need it both your hands or something like that. You know, I mean, you can't do that with chalk, obviously. <laughs> I mean, you could. It just wouldn't be a good yeah, yeah good taste. <laughs> so. Um, Outside that, though, uh, other things that you might need, like Ridge Pro or a goat, you know, the difference between those is obviously a Ridge Pro is going to utilize a rope. Uh, you do have a pole that it extends to put up there. I prefer that over a goat because the goat you got to put together every single time unless you got a ladder rack or something. And so you, Ridge Pro, that hook thing? Yeah, so that's yeah. what you, Carl has a Ridge Pro. He, he likes to use that. Um, you know, if it's a steep pitch, you can have you've got two people with you hopefully you do on houses like that you want to be safe at all times have somebody sit on that thing you know it ain't going nowhere at that point and you can go ahead and hook yourself in or wrap it around your wrist whatever you may do just make sure you don't pull a carl make sure that it is a good rope i don't know did carl tell you about this no so (laughs) this is why carl is so and carl's not here so i shouldn't be talking too much crap about him but he's so skittish on the roof sometimes well i say skittish but he's safe He's, safety is obviously first and foremost. You know, you got your general liability and workman's comp, but it doesn't do any any good if you fall off and break your neck. Yeah. So you do, you want to make sure you're you're stepping in the right areas and things like that, and and being careful up on a roof. But Carl, uh, one time was on a roof with somebody, and the rope was slightly frayed, just slightly frayed. And typically, you know, Carl's a firefighter too. Typically, they have cores in these ropes. This one, unfortunately, did not. And he's hanging on tight, like, you know, told him up, and all of a sudden it snaps. You know, by the grace of God, he got his fingertips on the fireplace and stayed on this house. But that's why Carl, probably, like you said, at the first roof y'all on, he's like, you don't have to get up here anymore. You know, like, I'll do it by myself, probably. Yeah, no, we got on the, we got the, the first house I went to, I got up to where it was, wasn't a great pitch. Okay. Like the pitch wasn't that steep. It was like an like eight, maybe a nine. Probably lower than that. It okay. was like right above the door, and yeah, then so you got on the four, roof. Four, four oh yeah, yeah. Then you would get on the roof. That's a lot steeper. And he was like, "You just stay here." <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "You can get down or stay there. I don't care, but I don't want you on the roof without." Yeah. It was probably it was mostly because I didn't have the boots. Pause, right? Oh yeah, if you don't have yeah, yeah. I probably would have just told you to hold the ladder on the ground at that point. Yeah. No, you got to have the boots on. I mean, yesterday when we were out in, in Atlanta. I, I was wearing sneakers on the roof. But really? I mean, the pitch was only like yeah. three and a half. Yeah. I mean, so, if it's something not like that, you know, obviously. But after like the first two or three, he was like, I don't want you coming back up. Because every t- everywhere we stepped, it would sink in. Mm-hmm. Like the plywood was rotted. Yeah. Yep. And he was like, just go stand on the ridge. And as I was walking on the ridge, those would sink too. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, this wow. is super sketchy. Yeah. So um, getting started. Uh, for me, the process, obviously, you have to generate leads. Okay, so you're new into the industry, you need to figure out how you are going to find people. This is a commission-based only job. You know, sometimes you are working for a company that um, has a lead generator or they'll give you some leads, things like that. Those leads don't always pan out. That's one reason I don't like paying for leads, like Home Advisor or stuff like that. Half the time, you know, you get these horror stories that, you know, you you get a a lead from them and you go and there's not even a freaking house at this address, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. Or this person there, like they just filled something out online thinking that they were finding someone specific. And then they start getting these calls from home advisor. Now they're just sending people after their house. You know, 
so I don't like to pay for leads, especially when I feel like I can get them on my own. Yeah, I'm the same way. So the the way I get them on my own, I first started out. I created a message letting everyone that I knew, friends and family, uh, put it on social media, sent direct messages that way, sent text messages to all the people I knew, letting them know I'm in the industry, letting them know exactly what I do and how I can help. And that's actually how I ended up filing my first claim. You know, somebody that I used to play tennis with, just having talked to them about two years, sent them a text because I still had the number. Oh, yeah, I need somebody to come look at my roof. It's about 20 years old. Boom. Filed my first claim in the first week I was on the job. You know, it was, it was a great feeling. But then again, it took about a month and a half for me to actually get paid. You know what I mean? So yeah. when you're starting out also, uh, it helps if you have some sort of little nest egg. A little cushion. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, I mean, outside of uh, friends and family, uh, you can also door knock, obviously. For me, that's the number one. I'm a people person as well. You know, so I like to door knock. Uh, well, I can't say I like to do it, but I do it yeah. when I need to, you know. Uh, but it doesn't bother me. I can have fun with it. Um, but then networking and creating that pipeline on social media as well is a big thing for me. Huge thing. Yep. Uh, making marketing videos, you know, just doing it with my iPhone, things like that. You know, trying to get the word out there, showing the products that we do, that we install, things like that. And the more information you put out there and you get it in front of more people, so you want to post on connections pages um, LinkedIn yeah yeah well not necessarily LinkedIn I, I mean more like on Facebook you know that um, in Atlanta there's a big connections page there so you can you can if you're a part of that group you can post on there uh, that now they're gonna have different rules as far as what you can advertise and what you can't things like that so you're gonna have to find out through the admins but uh, that's one thing I did the local connections pages as well as yard sale pages and stuff like that when you're offering something free you're not really advertising or marketing. So a lot of times you can get around some of those rules as well when all you're doing is offering a free inspection. So, you know, so keep that in mind. It depends on how you word it and everything. So just be wary of where you're posting and what those rules are. You don't want to get in trouble and get booted from a page for no, you know, for some dumb reason. But I mean, Brian, have you know, being in it a little longer than me, I mean, is there anything uh, as far as generating leads that I'm not covering here? I think uh, I think you you hit on it. Um, door knocking, I think, in the beginning is kind of big. You know, you you start with your uh, your inner circle and work your way out. Obviously, you just mentioned all of that, and it's right. spot on. It really is. But door knocking is is a, a good basis. You get the first door knock. You get your first uh, you know file your first claim. That goes well, and referrals start happening. Yes, so. yes. That's that's so that's what I mean by building a pipeline. When you get a you know, number of leads and some of those leads are converted into claims being filed and then they're getting approved and things like that, you know, you start creating a pipeline. I like to look at them like dominoes. So I'm gonna set up these dominoes since it's like a month process for me to get paid, go ahead and set these up and while they begin to fall, I'm going to find some more to set some more up. So that way you create a, you, if, if you do it correctly, mm -hmm. you're able to create it where I'm getting my commission checks every single Friday. Now I have a steady pay, pay coming in like yep. a steady <clears throat> salary job, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So you're going to have good months. You're going to have bad months. That stuff's going to happen. Sales. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's sales. sales. But if you, you, you got to stick with it. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. Don't so, get discouraged. Go so ahead. many people in this industry will hit a big lick and then they just sit on their heels. You know, yeah. they're, they're not trying to re replenish that pipeline or keep that pipeline full. And you know, they, it, it's like a starving artist. Mm -hmm. almost. You know, mm -hmm. you just, you, you get a big lick and then you, you, you rest. It's, you got to stay focused on, uh, uh, you know, working your plan daily. And you do, uh, Jordan, you do a great job of you, that. By well, the way. you have to do that because um, 
you know, expenses are starting to come in, <coughs> into play at some point. You know, you're you're an independent contractor, 1099 employee. You're doing your own taxes. You're spending all of your own deductions and things like that. So, you know, not only are you keeping track of that, but it starts to add up. It's really easy to add up. So for me, like uh, in my position and, you know, my, my journey throughout this uh, beginning stages of roofing sales, um, like I said, I wanted to line up the dominoes and then go line up some more as those started to fall. It took me, you know, it took me almost like two months really to get like really established because of the way I did it and the way I approached it. I was fortunate enough to have a little bit of a, a, a cushion to begin with so I could afford to do it this way. But it has worked out for me because I'm at that yeah. point now where, you know, you're getting those big commission checks coming in or two, yeah. from two or three houses or something like that. You know, was it in June? I, you know, I did five roofs in one week, you know. So, right. you know, all that stuff's about to start paying out in a month or so. You know? Yeah, and I think if you have the right idea of how you want it to set up to, to have it all fall in into place mm -hmm. every month, it is going to take time to do it and yeah the right way usually does take time and the That's people true. that want to make yeah. a quick buck they usually start out really hot and then like you said fizzle out they right. just fizzle out because they, they hit that main that main streak and then, and then sometimes you got an uncle that you know has his own business <laughs> and wants to put a 10 million dollar roof on something you know <laughs> well, that came out of nowhere today but i'm definitely looking forward to that yeah well we'll have to keep you everybody updated on how that pans out but hunter yeah, uh, hunter hunter landed him a big old whale that's what we call them uh, around here in this industry when you get a, when you get yourself a big one call them whales man and uh that's that's incredible i'm proud of you i'm, I'm happy for you um Thank you. but getting back into um you know door knocking specifically um you know we touched on it uh, a little bit in another episode um and you gotta have the right tools to go door knocking i like to call it strategic knocking i don't go to a neighborhood and even knock on every single even if that neighborhood's been hit by a storm i don't knock on every single roof in there you know Got a brand it. new roof is built to withstand storms you know i'm not gonna you waste my have time to pro profile them and read them like you do people most yeah. definitely yeah. so you know be looking for things like drip edge you know became a building code requirement and I and think I think it's 2012. Is yeah, it 14? They, they enforced it in 14. It became so, code okay. in 12. Yeah. Became and code in 12. Started enforcing it in 14. So if you don't see drip edge on a house, drip edge on a house, most likely it is older. But there are still contractors and you know builders, especially out there yeah. that they know the inspector and they know they're not going to knock them for it, so they don't yeah. put it on there. And to add to that, not just the right tools you need with having like being able to sell door to door is having the right mindset. Absolutely. Going out and knocking. Yep. Yep. So my biggest thing is not getting discouraged and forcing myself to go do it. Now I, I have been forcing it. I haven't had a door knock in a couple months, but yeah, you know, I don't, I'm not afraid to get back out there and go after more. Cause like I said, I gotta, mm -hmm. I gotta line up some more dominoes. Um, when we talk about mindset, how I get myself into a mindset is realizing that it doesn't take much success in the roofing industry to be successful. I think people get this uh, false sense of reality that you got to close every deal or you're not doing good enough or something like that. All you really need is a 10% return and that's it. So, you know, we have an ABC rep and he comes out and, you know, does meetings with us, takes us to top golf, things like that, you know, to, to, camaraderie you know team building and stuff but he also will you know talk about the industry and and you know mention things that can help us and one of the biggest things that he mentioned to help me was actually just how he motivated me by explaining this to me so 40 doors a week easy peasy i mean 
work four days a week, you only knock 10 doors a day. I mean, you can, I can do that literally in an hour. You saying that 40 doors a week, like you both already know I used to do door to door pest control. We used to have to knock a hundred a day. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so to me, if, if you, if, wow. even if you mandate 40 a week, that is like, to me, right. according to what I used to do, that's right. That's now, when I say 40 doors a week, though, I'm not talking about 40 claims filed. For, no, no, no. I'm talking you about with a 10% return, four successful knocks out of 40. Yep. 10%. Yeah. And you can easily make a quarter million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Easily. I mean, maybe more, you know, if you're getting some whales and stuff like that. You know, commercial pays out better than residential does, you yeah, know, but it's you, also a slower process. And the big thing, I think, is one thing that, that I have coming in is knowing when and when and what times people are going to be home and when and when not when and where not to knock so that's a great point i actually wanted to bring that up um and and i'm glad you did so tell me a little bit because i've googled this in the beginning because i wanted to know because i knew door knocking Mm -hmm. was going to be a big deal it's going to be a major part of my lead generation so i wanted to know when people were going to be home and i Um, i I, what i found i'll I'll mention in a second but i want to hear what you said first so I, i realized really quickly people are home in the morning they don't want to be bothered. Mm, okay. They're getting they're getting up. They're getting ready for work. They don't want right. to have to deal with a sales pitch. They're right. they're trying to leave their house, right. not stay there and talk to you about. And w- with roofing, it's different because everyone needs a roof. Not everyone thinks they need pest control. Mm-hmm. Right. Or so, they already got some, you know, yeah. like Terminex. You know, it's a big yeah. company that most people use probably, mm-hmm. and they just come out there and. They don't have to get bothered by it. They just get a bill Some every few months. Some people won't even answer the door, and you can see yeah. them inside. They'll just ignore you. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, I learned that the best time to knock is anywhere from, like, 2 to about 4 or 5. Okay. So Anytime not, after 5, everyone's kind of, like, winding down. They got their kids home from school. Dinner. Yeah, yeah. dinner okay. Kids are doing homework. They're kind of settling their house down. And, like, and I know, like, the telecommute, like, t- telemarketer calls. Like, it's illegal to call after 6. Right. Mm-hmm. Same thing with knocking doors, I would say. It's not illegal, but, but you, just the you, mindset you would, of You would call it like an unwritten rule. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you, you can still knock at 8, 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. But it, to me, it's pointless at that point. Unless, so, like, I've, I've had, I did sell some stuff late, mm-hmm. but it's like me walking back to the front of the neighborhood at, like, 7 p.m. After selling someone, I, like, I got there at, like, 6, 6.30 for an appointment, mm-hmm. walking back to my car, their neighbor crossed the street, out drinking with his buddies. Just walk strike over, up a conversation. Walk over, strike up conversation. Yeah. That's reasonable to go up and knock. I wouldn't do it. So I I, I disagree because <laughs> I've had great success in the evening times. Uh, that's definitely when people are home. I, I'll knock until it gets dark. I don't care. Um, but so when I did the research, though, and I Googled it and everything, um, I found that uh, the article I read, and it made total sense, you know, people are home in the mornings. Uh, they did mention something about, you know, they might be getting ready and things, maybe not as receptive. But the, uh, the times when they're actually going to be home is like, you know, 8 to 9, 30, 10 o'clock, maybe even to 11. And then like 3, 3.30-ish and beyond uh, is when, when they're back home. In that middle ground time, this is a great – so one of the great things about this industry is is having your own schedule, creating your own schedule. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love to go to the gym and work out. I go to the gym at lunchtime. You know, the gym's usually emptier. Which you know. is way better. It's better. Yeah. But there's nothing for me to do other than paperwork and emails and calls and things like that, you know, during that time. So I can knock that out. I can get other errands I need to run during mm-hmm. that time. And then I can go back to work, you know. So I don't 
knock off in the morning because I, I, I do feel the same way. People are getting ready for things. They don't want to be there. And then that middle of the day is when they're usually out running errands or the you know, the soccer moms are getting with their other soccer mom friends and having mm-hmm. mimosas at the local brunch place yeah. and stuff like that. And, and it could be different now because this was two, three years ago when I did it. Mm-hmm. Now that COVID, a lot of people work from home. Yeah. That is true. There's so, a lot more people working from home. Yeah, so that could that could be totally different. And I could find out that it's totally changed. Yeah. Brian, what were you, were you about to say? I, I, was, I was in the same vein a second ago uh, to say, you know, we started this company uh, in March of 2020. And right COVID, when the COVID for us was yeah. a blessing because right. we were able to, you know, knock doors when people normally would not be home yeah. you know, with everyone being out. Yeah, I think that with the COVID, the, probably the greatest challenge was, you know, everyone was scared of people not wearing masks and things like right. that. So when you're knocking, even if you're not wearing a mask, um, even if, you know, the most people I talk to, the mask thing is, it's not a thing anymore. I don't think know. it's been a thing here in the South. For it really hasn't, months. you know, it really hasn't. and numbers are still decreasing. So yeah. <laughs> but hey, we're not going down that rant. Uh, but you don't want to be uh, aggressive or seem, uh, you, so don't be too close to the door, things like that. So you, you knock on a door or ring 10, a doorbell. Yeah, 10, 15 feet back. Yeah, yeah. I, I walk all the way out the porch. Yeah, so do you I. Know? And I'm a person that is, you know, uh, tattoos are more acceptable these days, but I am, I am tattooed from basically head to toe you know i used to be in the market motorcycle industry and just having jobs where tattoos were not only uh, you know not frowned upon but they were encouraged yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? so that absolutely. was my lifestyle but um for me i mean tattoos is it's really a conversation starter most of the times you know i mean people don't care about them but as a you know six one 225 pound you know white bald-headed tattoo guy you know yeah, if i'm at a door and you know, some old, you know, old lady's going to come to the door and stuff. You know, sometimes they do just crack it and like, uh, how can I help you? You know, yeah. And and then to overcome that though, you just really have to first and foremost be away from the door so they don't feel threatened threatened at all. But then also your demeanor, your professionalism. You know, the company you work your work for should be providing you with professional wear, like hats, t-shirts, or college shirts, preferably. Hopefully it's something that's you know. Oh, the collars re- here are amazing. Sweat resistant or something like yeah. that, you know, keep you cool and everything. But uh, uh, vehicles too. I've I've had somebody turn me away because I didn't have the company logo on my vehicle one time. You know, like ah, uh, you know, they just looked at me like I was a chuck in a truck. You know, it doesn't have. That's only happened once. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just an example of professionalism from head to toe. It starts with your presentation. Yeah, you know? agree. Um, and then another thing on the pipeline started. Even if, like, I know friends and family starts pipelines. Mm-hmm. My biggest thing with pest control would be I would hit one house in a cul-de-sac. And then as I would make sure that when their house is getting serviced, I go back to that cul-de-sac and start knocking those doors. Yes, absolutely. Hey, hey, we're out here doing, yeah. doing this and this. So we do the same thing in the roofing industry. Um, I love build day. It's a great time to go door knocking because mm-hmm. it's currently going on they're going to see how the crew operates and you know we have great crews that generally get most residential jobs done in one day Mm -hmm. so when these these homeowners see us uh come in and start that morning and we're done by we're done by that evening and we're cleaned up yeah yeah Yeah, you know it's a a great motivator so for somebody to reach out and we put signs up with door knocks i was just about to say that business cards like you should have all these things you know if you really want to be successful in this industry then like you do uh houses on the main street 
Yes. You get four or five houses across or next to each other with mm-hmm. our signs in, in the dry, in the in the yard. Oh yard. yeah. Yeah. Everyone's gonna see those passing by and start to think maybe I do need a new roof. Absolutely. Well, another thing is it creates that keeping up with the Joneses effect. Mm-hmm. You know, people want, uh, especially when you're in a nice neighborhood. Oh yeah. People want to have the nice new thing. Oh, everybody else is getting a new roof. That means I need one too. And I want that sign. And everyone's I want got that sign in their yeah. in their yard. Yeah. Well, yeah. might as well Most do definitely. it. Most um, definitely. So. Biggest thing when you're starting out, you have to get out there and get after it. You got to hustle. You have to treat it like a job. And Brian says that to me all the time. You, oh, know, yeah. you treat it like a job and look what happens. Yeah. You, you become successful because you're out there and you're putting in the, in the effort and the work. So don't get discouraged. Um, you know, it's all about mindset. Oh, it's easy Rem- to get discouraged. It, it absolutely is, especially when you get the door slamming in your face, you know. Sometimes oh, yeah. it depends on the area. Um, so that's another thing about the strategic knocking is you want to know where you're going to knock at. And you want to know what kind of storms have been in there. So they have different apps out there. Beacon uh, Pro Plus. Yeah, we use Hail Recon. Uh, that's the one that uh, that I'm familiar with. There's other Hail Trace or um, I can't remember the names of the other ones because I don't use them myself. But there are plenty out there. Uh, you do pay for these things. Um, I don't think there are any free ones. But um, it's worth it in the end when you can look up the storm date and talk to the homeowner about it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to need to give them that information too when you know they go they to file, file the claim. claim. You know they're going to need to know when that when that storm happened. Make sure it's not beyond their statute of limitations, things like that. You know, because yeah. that that's something that homeowners don't usually don't understand. Oh, I don't see any uh, interior leaks right now. I think I'm okay. Well, hail, you know, it could take three to four years before you're going to see water really infiltrating inside your home into and the drywall of your master bedroom, blah, blah, blah. By that point, you but, got way more than your roof to fix. Exactly. You really <laughs> well, want to wait that long. Well, not only that, but by that point, when you start to see water coming in, if it's been three or four years since that storm, you're well past your statute of limitations for your policy, and they're not going to cover you. Yeah. Uh, specifically happened to me, personally. I had... Uh, Liberty Bibbity as my uh, homeowner's insurance. <laughs> if anyone knows somebody with Liberty Mutual homeowner's insurance, tell them to switch now. I'm telling you. So I was hours, you hours, first people, hours past uh, filing the claim within the 365 day limit that I wasn't even aware was a thing, obviously at the time. Because most insurance companies don't even tell you. Oh no, and it's usually in page 45 out of 50 in your endorsements, so you don't read down that far. 84th paragraph. Exactly. <laughs> Line so, two. so um, I was I was just a matter of hours past filing it within the 365 day limit that they that they have and deny coverage, man. You're not getting a new roof today, son. You know what I mean? So you want to make sure people are aware of those things. So uh, one of your biggest tools is going to be information. The more knowledge you have, the more power you have in that conversation. The more Absolutely. you can inform the home homeowner about, the more tools and weapons they can use when they're trying to get this full roof replacement because they're going to be the ones that get this approved you're just there to help them which is why i totally took advantage of being back there three hours today (laughs) (laughs) so um 40 doors a week you're going to be building a pipeline network social media friends family eventually your referrals will start to come out but again it's going to be it's going to take time Keyword is eventually there. You know, it doesn't oh, happen yeah. right away unless you were just like Mr. Popular or something like that, and everyone just wants to use you all of a sudden. You know, hey, it could it could be you. I don't know. You know, it wasn't me. I had to I had to work hard for my pipeline, and I'm freaking proud of it. Well, like to me, <laughs> yeah. that's why I like doing sales and being a, a, an independent contractor. Is you, 
at the end of the day, if you're not getting paid, the only person you could be upset at is you. Yourself, Absolutely. Yeah. You can't so, get mad at anybody else. Yeah. But it does help when you have a fantastic team like this one. Oh, you know? absolutely. So, you know, you were in a, in a fortunate position, but I, w- I would recommend anybody listening to this, um, you know, if you're in the beginning or you're in a rut, plateau, <clears throat> you need to reach out to your team members. You know, it, is it worth it for me to work for free one day to learn? Absolutely. Cause no, 100%. It, you're not working for free at that point. You're getting paid with – Knowledge. information yeah. knowledge you're seeing how someone else succeeds at door knocking because there is no step-by-step guide that works for every single occasion when i'm talking to somebody i have to read them i have right. to understand what their wants and needs are like what are they looking for out of this relationship that i'm offering them you know obviously yeah. they want a new roof and things like that but you know they also want to know that they're working with somebody that they can trust you yeah know? my so. biggest thing when i'm when i'm door knocking is sell yourself first yeah you mm. have to you yeah. become friends with them. Yep. And most of the time, it turns into com- a conversation of, of mutual interests. Right. Absolutely. Like you're not even talking about what you're selling at that point. You're basically yep. becoming friends with them. If, if you do that, if you can, uh, Sean, who used to work for us, uh, gave me a great piece of advice. You know, you, you, you got a lot of people that will open the door and they keep their hand on the doorknob. What are you going to do to get their hand off the doorknob and get them to step outside and talk? You know to what them? I used to do? What's that? You know what I usually do knocking? Like you said, you separate yourself from the door. If they stay at the door when they answer it, just talk like this. <laughs> just talk low. Make, make them talk step low. out. That's one yeah. way to do it. Um, I like to, uh, as I'm walking up, I'm looking at you know their, their property. I'm mm-hmm. looking at, obviously, I'm looking to see if there's any damages I can notice from the ground. If, Never if, walk on a yard. No, I don't walk no. on a yard. I yeah. always use a sidewalk. Actually, I think solicitors are not allowed to walk on grass. Oh, I've, I've been around some, some sales guys that I used to work with that did not care. They would walk straight, oh, yeah, I, straight I know that through there's, their yard, yeah. and I'm like, if they're looking at you while you're while you're walking up to the door, they're they're gonna be at mm-hmm. an objection exactly. standpoint as soon as they open. Exactly. I completely agree, but I I do actually think that like if someone says you're not supposed to be soliciting here or something like that, it's it's not against the law for you to walk on a driveway and a sidewalk. Right. You're not trespassing mm-hmm. at that point. But or, once you step on their grass, then you could be considered trespassing. Now in the state of Georgia, if they don't have a sign at the front of their neighborhood. I think they all got them nowadays, though. I don't yeah, think I've gone to the neighborhood that doesn't. <laughs> but um, uh, what I was saying, though, reach out to those team members. Uh, go knock with them. You know, like I said, if you're just tagging along and, and helping them inspect and things like that, um, you know, it's, you're you're going to learn from them. Somebody, you know, choose obviously choose somebody that's higher up on the sales leaderboard. You know, you don't want to go out with the the uh, the other newbie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You want to go out there with somebody that's experienced and and whatnot. Um, but you know, I think I'll just leave you with this, guys, because we're gonna we're gonna be wrapping it up here. Um, don't get discouraged. Force yourself to get out there. Treat it like a job. Maintain your tools, and when I say tools, it's you know information is all the way down to your actual vehicle, your boots, and everything like that. Make sure you have everything that you need to be successful. Without it, you won't be successful. Ten um, percent return can earn you a quarter million dollars uh, commission annually you know that's a pretty fantastic number there and it's not hard to achieve so keep that in mind guys don't get discouraged and we'll talk to you next time